Hello, hello, hello. It's Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle Donatian. And I am so excited to be spending another moment with you here today. We are on Monday and it is October the 1st, the first day of October. And here on the East Coast, it's been hot. (laughs) It's like summer still. I don't know what the weather is like wherever you are. Uh, I know in some places on the in the southern hemisphere it is <clears throat> about to be sp- let's see it's spring now and I was speaking to one of my students today he lives in Australia and for some reason I always forget uh that we are opposite seasons so I'm always asking him wait what's the season again there what's the season so it's the exact opposite and uh we're going into fall they're going into spring and their summer starts in December. So it's just a little bit odd for me, but wherever you might be living, my weather here might be a little odd for you. Either way, I'm so glad that you've chosen to, jo- chosen to join me here today. And I want to welcome you to Moments with Michelle. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about a few different things. We're going to talk about a couple of topics today. And one of those topics is keeping your heart right, guarding your heart. What does it mean? Why do we have to do it? And how easily can we lose focus when we don't guard our heart and keep our eyes stayed on the Lord? The other thing is wrapped into those two topics, staying your course, staying your course, Uh, Things get pretty tough in this world, and we've all been through difficult times. We all will continue to go through difficult times throughout our lives. Being a Christian never said uh, that we were going to be without problems. The Lord promised us that we would be with him. He would be with us through those problems. And I don't know about you, but when I get it really, really wrong, especially in those times, I'm so grateful to the Lord because... Oh, what would I do without him? So before we continue on, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We choose to honor and glorify you. We choose to give you all the praise and the glory. And we want you to touch our hearts, to soften our hearts. I pray right now today, Lord God, that you will give each of us a heart that is soft about the things that your heart is soft about. Give us a heart to care about what you care about, Lord God. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to keep our hearts stayed upon you. Help us to continue to run the race and to not give up even when things get tough and we can't see what things, what's happening. Lord, we choose to give you all the honor and the glory because according to your word, all is well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So guarding your heart, you know, guarding your heart, staying the course, they're all kind of intertwined together. You can't really do one without the other. And something that I was thinking about and, and, and 
I, I've recognized that we have to be extremely careful about this is making a decision to not stop doing the right thing. Now, I don't know about you, but I've gone through some things in my own life where that have been really difficult. You know, things where, for example, I was tempted to fight the fight in my own flesh. You know, maybe you've been tempted. I'm sure you've been tempted to do that before because, well, you're human. <laughs> you're human. And it's really difficult, I think, for many of us. But we have to remember that the Lord Jesus wants us to follow after him. Not our own desires and the, our own plans, but he wants us to follow after him. So guarding your heart means that you are constantly seeking the Lord and you don't miss spending time with him. That is a dangerous thing. And I can tell you from personal experience how dangerous it is when you don't spend time with the Lord. Things that happen, you can't hear from him, not clearly, when you don't spend time with the Lord. And the longer you spend away from him, the more difficult it is to get back into his presence in the same place. And, and, and I don't know if some of you know what I mean, but the longer you take, the longer you spend away from him, the harder it is to feel the, his full power, the harder it is to hear his voice quickly. You have to take more time because you see, the Bible tells us he wants us to wait on him. And I know, I know some of you out there saying, well, what does that mean? How do I wait on him? I'm, I'm waiting while I'm going through this thing. I'm waiting while I'm going through that. Or I've been waiting. Well, waiting really is spending time reading his word. That's what he wants. That's what the Lord God wants. He's a God who wants to be found. Now, let me explain what that means. You see... He knew who you were because he created you and I, right? He created us. And so we're here. We're, we're his creation and he loves us. And if you're listening here to this broadcast, chances are you have a relationship with him. Chances are you gave him your life. And you said, I want to serve you, my Lord God. I want to serve you. And you professed your faith, faith through the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, and, 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 and that meant that you decided to follow after him. Now, he wants you to seek him, you see. He wants you to seek him. It takes a decision on our part to have everything that he wants for us. And I'm not talking really about Physical things, yes, there are physical things that God wants for us too, but that's not the most important thing. You know, I've learned that without the presence of God, life is unbearable. Unbearable. Without his presence at all times, 
It's unbearable. You feel lost without him. You, you feel lost with there's no direction. No way to know which way to go. And when you spend time with him, you're guarding your heart. You see, you're making a decision. You're making a decision to stay in his presence and understand that he's always with you. So maybe you're thinking, well, what do you mean, Michelle? Uh, if, I'm, if he's always with me, then what do you mean that you're making a decision to stay in his presence? All I know is this. Through the times in my life where I've had daily time with him, daily meaningful time spent with the Lord God, things flowed. He flowed. He spoke clearly. It was during those times when I neglected him, when I neglected the time that I spent with him, that things weren't so smooth. Now, do not misunderstand. I'm not saying that I don't, didn't have problems and won't have problems even when I spend time with him. But there's something easier about going through those hard times because you can see clearly where he is or who he is and you can cling to him. I think about Abraham. And I was just thinking about this literally today. And, you know, in the book of Genesis, I want to say chapter 18. Let me go there here. I believe it's chapter 18. I was reading and remember, you know, you remember when the Lord God came to Abraham and to Sarah. And it was on the plains of Memor, I think is what it said. Yeah. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Memor, and he sat in the tent in the heat of the day. So you remember this. You remember what happened here. The Lord spoke to him. Uh, Abraham fed him and the other angels that were with him, the other men that were with him. And he said, you know, he told Abraham what the promise was because, and, and it used the word communed with him, communed with him. You see, he spent time with him. And when he spent time with him, the Lord God revealed to him what his plan was for his wife, for his life. You know, Abraham was an old man and God had promised him that he would have, you know, the uh, 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 so many descendants. But he had no children, right? Remember, he had no children. And the Lord God then told him in verse 10. Um, and in verse 9, I'll start in verse 9. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So it means she was barren. She was barren. She, she, she couldn't have any children. Uh, 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 she, she, she was not capable of having children. And, and, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. And I'm not quite sure if that means, you know, that she no longer had a cycle. 
Uh, and maybe that's what that meant. But we know for, for sure that she was a barren woman. She had no children. And then in verse 12, it says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? See, when we spend time with the Lord God, he can reveal his plan. He reveals his plan to us, and it encourages us. Now, Sarah laughed. Sarah didn't believe. But we know later on in Scripture, clearly she believed, and she gave birth to a son. And we all know the son, right? Isaac was born. Abraham became the father of many nations, as God had promised him. So as he communed with the Lord God, spending time with him. Then the other thing that really struck me more, even more, was as we go a little bit further into chapter 6, verse 16. Okay, into verse 16. Chapter 18, verse 16. And this really... It really blessed me as well, in particular, this particular chapter. And I think this is going to bless you too. See, it says, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? So the Lord began to speak to Abraham about what he was going to do, his plans. Verse 18, it says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. So God spoke to Abraham about his plans because he knew Abraham's heart. He'd spent time with him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now think about this. I want you to really think about this. Think deep, deep, deeply about this. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? So Abraham began to speak to the Lord. He began to talk to him about Grace and mercy. That's what this is, grace and mercy. So he's saying, well, are you, what about if this happens? Are you going to still destroy the place? If there aren't 50 righteous people there? Will you have mercy even though this whole place seems to be wicked? What if there are 50 men there? 50 people that are doing, that are righteous. Verse 25 says, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be, also, should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? 
And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. So he's saying, you know, I am nothing. I I literally am dust and ashes. But then he goes on because he has a relationship with the Lord. Peradventure there shall lack five of the 50 righteous, meaning 45 people. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, if I find there 40 and five, I will not destroy it. So he's saying, because you've said this, Abraham, if there are 45 righteous, I won't destroy it. And now if you've read this, you know, Abraham continued asking until he got to the place where he said 10 in verse 32. And he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. Now I want you to notice this. It says, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham and Abraham returned unto his place. Now, why is this so intriguing? Why is this so amazing? Because because of Abraham, because of Abraham talking to the Lord, the Lord spared Lot. Right? Because of Abraham talking to the Lord, the Lord spared Lot. He spared Lot. So here's the thing. When we spend time communing with the Lord, the Lord can move in our lives and through our lives. But if we don't spend time with him, not only can he not move within our lives and through our lives, but we miss the point, him. You know, in scripture, there is a place where he says that many call on him, Lord, Lord, but he says he doesn't know them. He says, I don't know you. Those people say, you know, oh, I cast out demons in your names, your name. I, I, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. But he says, I never knew you. If the Lord should tarry, we have time to commune with him. The Bible tells us that the Lord may come back any day, any moment. We're looking at the signs of the times, okay? The signs of the times are pointing towards him coming back soon. What if he came back tonight? Would you be ready? When I stand before him, it is my greatest desire. It is my only desire that he will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want him to be pleased with my life. That's what I want. Today, and when he comes back and I stand before him, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to have any regrets. Do you remember the story 
about the ten virgins. Do you remember that? You, you know the story about the ten virgins where there were virgins and they had, uh, they were in the middle of the night and some of them had oil and others didn't have oil. And in the middle of the night, and this is really what it means, the Lord came back. And those that had the oil, they went up with him. But those that did not have the oil, they were not ready and they got left behind. I don't want to be left behind. It is my greatest desire that I stand before God and he say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Why am I sharing this with you? Because in the word, the Lord teaches us so much. There's so much in this word, but the word is living. He has answers for everything in our life. But the most important thing really is relationship. When you read his word, that's how you wait on him. That's how you wait. You sit in his presence, you read his word, you worship him, you talk to him, you let him speak to you. It's so beautiful and yet so important. The word of God is clear. When you read, when we read in that scripture in Genesis chapter 18, it said after he communed with him, and you know what happened, Lot was spared. Lot's whole family would have been spared had they listened, but Lot was spared because of Abraham communing with God. God came and Abraham was ready. Abraham was ready. How about Mary and Martha? Do you remember Mary and Martha, right? Mary sat at the foot of Jesus, sat at his feet. Martha was busy preparing, cleaning house, the house, cooking, all these things, getting things ready. She missed the whole point. Sometimes we miss the whole point. I've missed the whole point before. I've missed it. You spend, I, I, uh, let me speak about me. I've spent time getting things ready, preparing this, that, this, this, that. When the whole purpose was just to sit at his feet, just to be in the presence of the Lord and enjoy his presence. He loves you and he loves me. And that's what he wants. So how do you guard your heart? You make sure that you spend time with him. That's what you do. You, be, you are sure to spend time with him. That is how you guard your heart. You obey him. When you have a heart of disobedience, your heart becomes hardened and you don't even realize it. It slowly becomes hardened to different areas until eventually all of a sudden you look back and think, what happened? How did I drift so far away? You have to fight the good fight. 
as Paul said, you have to keep the faith. You can't do it without spending time with the Lord. Just you and him. Close the door. Sit back. Spend time just worshiping him. Just let all your cares go and worship him. Sing to him. Some of my favorite songs, one of my favorites is How Great Thou Art. You might know the song, How Great Thou Art. In fact, you can even go to Google and find the words, How Great Thou Art. And and I'm going to share the words with you right here. I'm not going to sing it to you. Um, But I'm going to share the words. And the words go like this. And this is worship. This is true worship. When you're telling the Lord how wonderful he is. It says, Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. And when I think of God, his Son, not sparing, send him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation, And lead me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow with humble adoration, and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. See, this is worship. You are singing to the Lord and you're telling him how much he means to you. That's worship. That's worship. You let go of all the cares that you have in the world and you just sit before the Lord singing unto him Letting him know how much you appreciate who he is. Acknowledging what he's done in your life and how amazing and mighty he is. That is worship. You sing to the Lord. That's worship. That's what he wants. He wants to commune with us, to talk with us. Can you imagine if you were a parent and your children didn't want to do to want anything to do with you can you imagine what that would feel like in your heart like a knife in your heart and your chest and your back I, I, some of you maybe you're not you know you're not parents but 
for those of you who are parents, you, I think you know what I'm saying here. It, it's hard to imagine that your children would not want to spend time with you, but if they didn't want to spend time with you, and every time you came and you attempted to spend time with them and show them how much you love them, and they pushed you away, what would that feel like? That's how God feels when we don't spend time communing with him. That's how he feels. It hurts deeply. Some of you have gone through teenage years. I went through teenage years, you know, where my daughter, she didn't want to be around. Or, you know, those times in their lives, like sometimes our children have gone through things you know, and, 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 and they maybe don't realize what they're doing or, or they are trying to figure it out on their own and don't even realize that you're here to help. That's the way we are sometimes toward God. We don't realize this is all he's here for. This is what he wants relationship with you and I to commune with us. Do you see how easy it was that when Abraham asked, even Fact, in fact, there were not five righteous people or ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Only Lot was righteous. One. God went above and beyond what, he, what Abraham prayed, what Abraham talked to him about. Because we know that praying is talking, that's communing with the Lord. Abraham asked him, the final question was about ten. God said, I won't destroy it if there are ten. He sent the angels to take Lot and his family out of there. His family was not righteous, only Lot was. And that was because of the communion that he had with Abraham. Friends, the way you guard your heart is to never neglect time with the Lord. I'm telling you from personal and painful experience. Never neglect time with the Lord. Take your time to spend it with him. Turn off the television. Turn off the, you know, the, the YouTube. Turn off the, you know, whatever it is. Skip that cup of coffee with your neighbor and go close your door. Turn on some worship music and spend time with the Lord. You will never ever regret it. And you will see God do amazing and mighty things in your life. Guarding your heart is just that. It's a decision. It is a mindful decision to not allow anything get into your heart that could turn you away from the Lord. That's fighting the good fight. You can't fight the good fight without obedience and you can't obey him without hearing from him and spending time with him. How can you obey what you don't know? We read his word. We sit reading his word, waiting on him. He comes and we begin to see ourselves. We begin to understand who we are until we see what the word says, how can we live a righteous and holy life?
How can we? I remember when, uh, you know, I learned about um, disobedience and how disobedience was, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word right now. Oh, goodness, Lord, show me, bring that back to my memory. Lord, what is that word? Why can't I remember it? Uh, Rebellion. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So rebellion. In the Bible, it says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Did you know that? The Bible says that those who are involved in witchcraft will not see the kingdom of God. Think about that. If you didn't read it in the word, how would you have known? When you're disobedient and you're not obeying him, that's called rebellion. You're turning away from him. You're pushing him away. You're, you're rejecting him. There are so many things in the word. But then the other wonderful thing about the word is in the word, he tells you who you are in Jesus. That is so beautiful because then you can begin to stand on his word and you can speak the truth. You can declare things over your life. You can declare the word of God over your children. You can say, my children will serve our our men and women of God. My children will be in the ministry. Uh, My children are uh, honoring God with everything in their lives. My children, you can speak. I'm using children because I think that's one that we all often pray. We all often uh, often declare uh, or, or need to declare. Uh, we can speak over our own lives. The things that God said in his word are true. We just have to believe it. See, when you begin to read the word, you begin to understand the mind of God because this is what his word is. It is his mind. It is his heart. It is Jesus. So friends, I just want to encourage you, do not neglect time with the Lord God. Take a half an hour, take an hour. You know, if you haven't been doing this, start out with 30 minutes. 30 minutes isn't much. You can watch a sitcom in that amount of time, TV show. You can watch a YouTube video, you know, in almost 30 minutes. Make a decision, turn off your phone, turn off the computer, Close your door and decide, I'm going to spend 30 minutes with the Lord. And you'll work your way up because you're not going to want to leave. Once you begin spending time with him every day, you're not going to want to leave. Then you're going to be spending 45 minutes with him. Next thing you know, it's going to be an hour. You know, whatever the amount of time is, you've got to start somewhere. So I recommend you start with a half an hour. Read his word. When you read his word, it fuels your prayer life. Without a prayer life, you cannot serve the Lord. But without reading this word, how can you have a healthy prayer life? It all goes together. All of these things in this, you're guarding your heart. You're running the course. You can't run it without instruction, without communing with the Lord. Without communing with the Lord. And there's one last thing I want to share with you. Remember in the book of Corinthians, And I've shared this with you before. Paul talked about how he was on his way in one direction, but the Holy Spirit forbade him to go in that direction. And then he had a dream. 
And the Lord God had spoken to him in a dream to go to Macedonia. And you see, without the leading of the Holy Spirit, Paul, and us too, would not know where to go and what to do. People say that there's no instruction book for life. Yes, there is. The Bible. I'm not saying that life is easy. Please understand that. But with the Lord God, all things are possible. Don't we have to remind ourselves of that? The word of God will remind you. As you read scripture, it encourages me. It encourages us. We read the word and see, look at how much God loved us. Think about that. Abraham, he loved Abraham so much that because of Abraham communing with him, he spared Lot. And Lot's daughters were spared as well. Lot's wife wasn't spared because she didn't listen. And that's a perfect example for you to see. When we don't obey, destruction comes. When we obey, God will give us the most strategic plan. I have, I have been amazed at the things God has done and how, things that he's shown me and revealed to me. But it takes that communing with him. So saints, we're going to end today. I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you were blessed by what I shared with you. And we're going to just close in prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done, everything that you are. You're so mighty and so holy. We love you. Help us to look at our own hearts, our own wicked hearts. Your word tells us that our hearts are, have been wicked from youth. They have wicked imaginations in them because we're human. But you sent your son, your son, Jesus. And Lord God, when we come before you, you will cleanse our hearts of all unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus, through your son. And you look upon us through the blood. You see us through the blood. Your mercy and your grace are glorious. You are wonderful and mighty. And we thank you. Lord God, I thank you for each and every one that listened in today and continues to listen. Lord God, encourage them. Give them encouragement by your Holy Spirit that they may continue to go on and not give up. Touch their hearts. Touch their minds. Give them strength to continue to fight the good fight. Stay the course. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. So friends, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. You can find this podcast on anchor.fm forward slash Michelle Donatian. Of course, you know, you can also find it uh, on Radio Public. Uh, you can find it in quite a few other places. All you need to do is go to my YouTube page or my YouTube channel and you can see uh, under the video, every place, every every place that you can find it broadcast. You can also go to my Facebook page to see exactly where to find it. But Anchor.fm is the easiest place. If you download the app, of course, you know, you can also comment. You can leave me voicemail messages and tell me what you thought and tell me how this blessed you. I would love to hear from you. But 
I do want to thank you. You know that it means a lot to me to get to spend a moment with you. But more importantly, I pray that this has blessed you and that God will continue to be with you. Remember, he loves you and he wants to spend time with you. God bless you, friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.